So I know I tell a lot of stories about Italy, and I, I'm always a little self-conscious that you're, you're bored with it, but it's all I got for you. So, um, But I learned so many lessons. You know, and it's been years. Gosh, it was 2007 when I left. But um, I certainly learned so many things about myself and also, of course, about about other cultures and, and Europe particularly. And um, one of the things, it's a, I don't know if it's peculiar to Italy, um, but one of the things I learned was about going out to eat and how to pay the bill. And the reason is they won't bring you the bill when you ask for it. So finish, server comes around, il conto per favore, check please. They're like, okay. And then they disappear for like 15, 20 minutes. And then they come around again and you're like, il conto per favore. Oh, okay, okay. They disappear for another 15, 20 It's true. And then usually the third time you ask for the check, they'll then bring it to you. But it usually takes three, it's true. It just, and I don't mean at the tourist places. I mean at the, you know, the places, because when you live there, you go to the places you know, the Romans eat at. So, you know, the really, really cool places. They won't bring you the check. And sometimes you just have to get up and start to leave. And then they bring the check really quickly. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, then they'll bring it to you. But the, the reason for this is because um, so many of these places, these wonderful, wonderful, you know, restaurants, it's, it's really the family you know, cooking and serving and, and all the rest, it's, it's like you're being invited into their home. It's like their home table. That's how they see it. And they don't want to, they don't want to kick you out. They don't want to push you out. They, they feel like it's kind of rude to do so. So they kind of delay the, that process, which can be frustrating, right? Especially if you have somewhere to be. But once you ease into the culture, you learn that, no, they, they're really welcoming you into their home. And they don't want you to leave, really, because they see it as rude. There was this one place we went to, this little hole in the wall. Um, I think there were only like five tables. You couldn't make a reservation. You just had to kind of show up and hope that there was a table free or you were just going to wait. And uh, you'd go in. It was, of course, it was a family. And it was like you're in their dining room, basically. I mean, it didn't look like that. It looked like a restaurant, but it, the feel, you know. And they didn't have a menu. It was basically like the guy would, he was kind of grumpy, you know, like me, which was cool. I'm like, are you German? Anyway, he was Italian. But um, so he'd come around and, and you just ask what they had that night and he would just tell you. The curious thing is that he wouldn't always bring you what you ordered. He would just give you what he felt like you wanted. And we'd try this. We'll just try this. Try this, you know. And then it just keeps going for like three hours. We'll try this. You know, do you want a, do you want some limoncello? You bet I do. Do you, you know, do you, do you want some grappa? Well, yeah. Um, if you've ever had grappa, you'll understand that statement. But they just kind of keep you going. And then they come out and they just write the bill on the table, you know. Like, okay, here's your bill. It's not itemized. He's just like 10, 20 there. We would joke because it would always be like 25 euro no matter what we ordered. So it was, it was really, a, a once you eased into the culture, right, because it's just different, it was really kind of a wonderful experience because you really felt like you were coming into somebody's home. And 
if you would frequent the same places, of course, the Italians are just so wonderful and welcoming. They'd recognize you. I'd go to the same uh, cafe before I, before I got to school every morning. It was right across the street. And um, because we went there every morning, as soon as they saw me in the door, they'd just start making what I wanted, you know, um, because they knew, which made it difficult if you were going to ask for something else. But anyway, um, now we have a similar experience, though, too, right? When one of the things we do as friends is we invite our friends into our home and, you know, often share a meal or whatever. And we, we tell each other, make yourself at home. You know, mi casa es su casa. We, we, we try to extend that. We want people to feel comfortable in our home because we have that relationship with them, right? We, we want that relationship. We desire the relationship, but we already have it. And so the, the more that we, you know, spend time with, with our close friends, the more at home we feel. Um, and it's a wonderful thing, and, if, and, and it's, it, I even think about, uh, you know, times leaving my friend's house, different friends, you know, you're getting to the, okay, I gotta go, I gotta go, and then you get to the door, and it's another 15-minute conversation. You're like, no, no, I really gotta go, and then they walk you out to the driveway, and it's another 15, 30-minute conversation. You're like, no, I really got leave, get out of here, you know, I gotta go, because it's just the experience of, you know, wanting well, wanting to be with each other, but also, you know, wanting each other to, to feel at home. The reason, of course, that I'm thinking of this is from the gospel. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my words, and my Father and I will make our dwelling with you. And it's, it's not sort of in the abstract. It's actually really, really a personal statement. In other words, God wants to dwell within us always. How close does God want to be? As close as he can be to us. That's how much he loves us. And, and how will he do it? Well, he talked about it, and we're going to get to Pentecost, you know, in a couple weeks. But, but it, the way that he will dwell within all of us is by virtue of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Blessed Trinity. Because, you know, I've thought about it many times, like, well, why didn't Jesus just stay? Like, did he really have to go? Like, he could have just stayed. Wouldn't it have been easier to do some miracles, all the rest? Well, Jesus embodied, you know, in his divinity and human nature could only be present as I am present to you. But if he sends the Holy Spirit... He can be present in the hearts and the souls of every believer at the same time. You know, you think of the tongues of flame. You could, until this Easter candle burned all the way down, you could, you could continue to light candles over and over and over. And you would have the same flame, the same similar size flame, repeated over and over and over. The flame doesn't diminish, it just spreads out. And this is the same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is able to, and therefore God, is able to be present in every heart, in every soul of those who desire him. That's how close, I mean, certainly the Lord wants us to be with him for all of eternity, yes, but he doesn't want us to wait for that. He wants, uh, he wants to be within us now. He wants to have an intimate relationship with us now. And this can be difficult. Intimacy is difficult. And we all know this. It's, it's hard to open our hearts, to, especially if we don't know them or if we're fearful, right? And particularly with God, if we think that God is out to get us, 
we, we might think, well, I don't want to open my heart to him. If we think God is just there to punish us, by the way, none of that is true. But if we think that, if we, if we live in a sense of shame that we're not good enough, then it's going to be difficult to have an intimate relationship with a human being, let alone God. And what the Lord really wants us to do is to take that risk. Take the risk. He really wants to be that close to us, and not just on Sunday. And the only way to do that is to to have the proper disposition toward him. Just, you know, just like you would to to a close friend or, or, you know, your beloved, you desire to open your heart to them to experience that, that connection, that bond. And it's, it's a wonderful thing in friendship and marriage, etc. It can be a wonderful thing if we're willing to risk that. And yet it's a challenge for all of us. Some of us are, are maybe a little bit more able to do it, but it's really something we have to learn. Some of us are, are we have trepidation about it. We're not sure. And some of us are completely closed off. And there's reasons for that. Like, it, it doesn't make a person bad because it's hard to, to be intimate with the Lord. It doesn't mean anybody's doing something wrong. Very often, the reason why a person has an inability to, to share intimacy has a whole lot to do with their life experience. But what the Lord is asking us to do is, despite the other relationships in our life that, that perhaps, you know, have been harmful or hurtful to us, and so when we have risked that intimacy, it's, it's not gone well. What the Lord is asking us to do is to trust him. He is not going to fail us. He's not going to be like those other relationships. He really wants to be there in the good and in the bad, in the success and in the failure. He wants to be with us in all of it. So what I'd like, I'd like you to do this week is to try this on, okay? And... Uh, the way to do it is whatever you're going to be experiencing this week, I think some of the kids are still in school, some of the teens are, are still in the school, and that's a, good, that's a good practice for this, but also work or even if you're at home, all right? This week you're going to have bad experiences, you're going to have good experiences, you might have some successes, you might have some failures, you're going to run into people you don't like and you're trying to stay away from them. You're going to run into friends that, that you love and, and you just love being around them. What I invite you to do is to share your experiences with God, okay? Think of it as text, texting God. <laughs> I mean, you text your friends when you have something good happen. You like text them and say, you know, all your emojis and LOLs and et cetera's, right? Um, or when bad things happen, we do the same thing. I want you to kind of think of it that way, like God's just another, you should put God into your phone, God. What's his phone number? Anyway, um, and just text him. But basically that kind of deal, like think of God as being that close to you that you want to invite him in. So this great thing happened today, and I want you to say, Lord, this great thing happened to me. Thank you so much for that. Or this horrible thing happened to you. We, uh, hopefully not too many, but a difficult experience happened this week, and I want you to invite God into that. Maybe a success happened, and just, just again, thank you, Lord, for that. Something bad happened, Lord, you know, help me overcome this. Help me with, with this frenemy I have, you know, or help me with this bad relationship, or my brother, or my sister, or my parents, or my children, or my priest, or whoever. We need help, right? So let's not just invite God into the difficulties, 
Let's invite God into the successes and be grateful for his presence there. Please stand.